stay away from me Blues, why don't you let me be I don't know why you keep on haunting me Love was never meant for me It's time for Talkin' Music on KVNF Mountain Grown Community Radio. I'm Taya J. If you've ever frequented a Paonia restaurant or food cart around lunchtime on a weekday, it's quite possible you've encountered Bill O'Brien and his guitar. While John Prine may have made popular the idea of the singing mailman, Bill O'Brien has brought us a different spin, the singing UPS man. Today, Bill spends his lunch break at the KVNF studio in Paonia, joining me on Talkin' Music, accompanied by another man of many talents, Tony Soto on the bass. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, such a pleasure. How long have you two been playing together? About a week and a half. (laughs) Amazing. about a week and a half, yep. Yep. Incredible. Yeah, maybe a grand total of about four hours. <laughs> maybe. We're quickly getting it together. That song I just pulled out of the mothballs because it's the first song I've ever, I ever learned to play, so I don't normally play that one, but uh, been practicing it a lot, trying to get it back in the repertoire again. So, 
Fantastic. And the first song you ever learned to play. So, Bill, as I understand it, you come from a very large and very musically gifted family. Talk to me a little bit about your musical upbringing. Well, my musical upbringing was um, my main influence, I guess, would be uh, my brother David was was the main guitar player in the family. And he kind of fashioned himself out of after Doc Watson, who was like a master of bluegrass uh, finger picking and flat picking and and uh and so david he would he would uh take the old records and record them off to a reel to reel and then he would slow it way down and he'd just pick it all out and was really good at it and and uh uh and i've had i've got a couple other brothers who play guitar and absolutely every every sibling that i have sings well and some some very well but uh, anyway, that was kind of my upbringing. It was always a pleasant thing to hear when I was a kid, you know, especially with David. You know, some, something about that music resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, uh, as, see, as I grew older, um, David had me start singing leads, and then he was singing harmonies to me, and they were really tight. And once, I, once that happened, I was hooked, you know. Uh, I never really started playing the guitar, though, until later. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And when did you find the guitar? When did you connect to the guitar as an instrument? Well, I found myself missing it for decades. So about 38 years old, I decided to pick up the guitar. So I bought a junky old guitar from a neighbor for 100 bucks, and literally had a crooked neck on it and everything. It was, wasn't that great of a guitar. It was old 12-string strung for six. And I didn't think I had the ability to play the guitar up until that point. But once I did that, it showed, hey, I can do this. And then uh, some years later, when uh, my daughter was in college... I was in her dorm room, and there was a guitar leaning up against the wall. And this gal, uh, who was her roommate, I told her, I said, if she ever wants to get rid of that guitar, let, let me know. And so the next thing you know, a couple months later, my daughter comes to visit. She has this guitar in her hand, and her roommate gave it to me. Amazing. Yeah, and I had Louis Hayes over here fix the action on it, and it's an extremely playable, inexpensive guitar, and... That's when I started playing in earnest is when I had a guitar that was playable. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that um, your relationship to your instrument is super important, right? Absolutely. What are you playing right now? And tell me the story about this guitar. This guitar, I spent a couple years going to different music stores and playing different guitars and just kind of trying to find that one that had that sound that resonated with me. And I think that's what most musicians kind of do. And I played a lot of Martins. Uh, and I played some Taylors, Alvarez's, you know, uh, Takamini's. I played a bunch of different brands. And I always, my ear always kind of went back to the Martin. But uh, I played the D16, the D18, and, uh, and then several D28s. And then one day, I walk into Hearts Music, and they have this D28 cutaway here. And I picked it up and played it, and I basically it was just like, uh-oh. And then so they had two other D28s. They had a vintage, and then they had another kind of a modern version and I played all three of them together and hands down this one had the had the sound for me and I said how much is this and it was you know it's thirty five hundred dollars and and uh it's like god I really want this guitar so I spent the spent the week thinking about it talked to my wife about it brought her back to the music store a week later and uh, she got a big grin on her face too and so she could definitely hear it and so I bought it and that's how I this guitar picked me so I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You describe it as the sound mm-hmm. for you. What mm-hmm. is the sound for you? Can you, if you had to put it into words, how would you describe it? Well, I think that the sound between all the strings is nice and even. It, it no, no one 
uh, sound stands out from the rest. So if you try to hit something, it does what you tell it to do. Um, you don't have to fight it. And I would say that the bass is probably the part that, you know, it, everything will do what it does. But when you hit that bass note, I find that bass note really important, especially because I do some stuff that's like that old Merle Travis style thumb picking and you need that bass boom, boom, you know, you need that. And it really helps with that. And also the volume. If I'm going to be playing out by myself, no amplification or whatever, this thing puts out volume. I'm a fairly loud singer. And so, uh, and the action's nice. So, and it's pretty. So, <laughs> and I like the cutaway too, because, you know, when I play like uh, uh, What a Wonderful World, you know, the way that I capo it, I, I have to get way up the neck to play it. So it gets, it's out of the way. So it had everything I needed. Well, speaking of the sound, gentlemen, let's hear another song, which we listen to. Let's do uh, The Strength to Move On. I wrote this story for a couple in town after watching, uh, watching this story play out in front of me. A lifetime spent together Raising kids and getting by Through good times out for each other as vowed through thick and thin if I had the chance to choose I'd do it all again well the kids moved on to live their lives our time was our chapter of life was not to be as you were stricken ill as years passed while by your side being forced to watch you fail your body shutting down on you as death slowly placed his veil men aren't knights in shining armor women aren't angels in white just to
Strength to Move On by Bill O'Brien joining me today in the Peonia studio accompanied by Tony Soto on the bass. Beautiful song, Bill. Thank you. You mentioned that it's written about a couple who used to live here in yes. the Valley. And I, I know that you live in Montrose. I do. But you spend a good amount of your days and hours and months and years here in the North Fork Valley in Peonia and Hotchkiss and the surrounding areas. I'm curious what your experience of getting to know these communities has been like. Oh wow, it's been a it's been a long trip. I'm in my 30th year of delivering up here. Um so a lot's a lot's changed. It was a uh, it was uh, the community was um uh, a different uh crowd when I first showed up as to what it's uh, it's turning into a different crowd now. Generally this you know, I mean the people are just as nice but just not as nice in a different way. You know, and it's always been a it's always been a pleasure to come up here all the time. Um, uh, we used to be a lot more ranchers, farmers, uh, coal miners, and and I don't really know what to describe. I think there's a lot of work from homes now. A lot of people can get on their computer and work out of their houses now. And You notice a lot of people in their houses when you deliver sure. packages now more so than yeah, it used to be. <laughs> yeah, sure. People are in their pajamas and, and working and drinking coffee. And, yeah, yeah, and that sort of thing. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it's definitely different in that way. Um, but it's always been good. You know, what I've discovered over the years by, you know, when you spend 30 years in one place is – People are just people. You get people who, for all levels of education and all levels of uh, work and politic and everything, everything, people generally are just people. You know, they're all trying to just do the best they can. Nicely said mm-hmm. and such an important reminder right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. where we're at. Mm-hmm. I think you have a unique um, advantage, if you want to call it that. Maybe that's the wrong word. But you have just a unique perspective, you know, being in this community on a regular basis mm-hmm. but not living here, right? Mm-hmm. You go home to somewhere mm-hmm. different. Montrose is a little, yeah. a little different than the North Fork Valley. Yeah. Um, and then you get to come back and kind of engage with the community in a, yeah. in a you know, relatively intimate way. I know when I run into you, sometimes you know me by my address. And mm-hmm. I love that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even though you did just move. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Now you got to relearn. I'm just yeah, trying to keep you on right. your toes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Phil, I'm curious. You're you're almost like our town troubadour, you know? Like yeah. I, I've seen you play at the tie cart. I used to see you play at the Backcountry Cafe. Sometimes I see you play in your truck, you know, spending your lunch breaks playing your guitar. And I'm, I'm curious about this idea of... Um, like assimilating music into your daily life, right? Mm-hmm. Like spending your lunch breaks just with your guitar mm-hmm. um, in your, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but in a in mm-hmm. a happy place, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how important it is for you that people sort of stop and pay attention when you're playing and how important it is for you to just do it as, a, as an expression? Well, at first it was, uh, uh, at first it felt a little, a little, uh, off, you know, felt a little showboaty. You know, I felt like I don't really want to go out there and have people think that, hey, he's just trying to show off something or whatever. But you know, like Mark over at the uh, Mark and Heather over at Nell's when when they were doing their thing. That's essentially where I first started playing my guitar was over at Nell's. And 
Mark was nice enough to let me sit there and just play. And, and a lot of the reason that I started doing that was just to force myself to the only way to grow was to play in front of people. And I didn't want to go out and perform because I was just going to basically just hack it up and not be any good at it. So the only way to really improve was to get in front of people and let your hands turn into cement and let your voice lock up and, and make all the mistakes in front of people as you possibly can in order to inoculate, inoculate myself from the experience so that over time I got more comfortable. I'm actually less comfortable in front of this microphone than I am in front of people. You know, once somebody hits a record button, um, even at home, if I, I have my own little recording studio at home and all I have to do is hit record and everything all the everything falls off the rails because I'm not really singing for somebody it's being recorded and it feels a little bit more uneasy sure. you know so um it's it's just another part of the process just like the beginning was you know and so then fast forward as you go along I started noticing that not only was it helping me to improve and it, it was enjoyable for me uh, I'd have pe- local people I'd have people who were traveling from out of town I'd have people crying and just uh, especially with some of the songs like the one I just sang um, you don't realize how uh, how uh, common that situation is that people go through a period of time and they plan on their life to be in a certain way and next thing you know you think you're going to retire your spouse dies and you're alone and I've had many people and I, I, I can't even go through the stories right now of all the different people and the varying stories of how that song has touched different people and made them cry and actually made their day and touched them. Mm-hmm. And so that became really valuable to me and to know that that's going on. Mm-hmm. And that with that song and several other songs that I've written that, that kind of seem to have that effect. It's just, it's always, I guess that's basically it. I mean, now that you just go go fast forward through all the years, that's the thing that really became more important to me is if I'm playing the guitar and I'm sitting there just playing, okay, I'm having a good time. But as soon as I watch and I see someone tapping their foot or I see someone lipping the songs or I know that they're looking and they're actually enjoying what I'm doing, my level of performance changes, my the, the way that I sing changes and the way I feel about it changes because I know it's all about that connection with at least one human being. And once I get that connection, it's that's what I play for. Yeah, so mm-hmm. nicely said. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hear something else. Speaking okay. of that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I wrote this song for a fellow down in Montrose, Missouri. And the short story is, is he was living in the basement uh, of a gymnasium. Rescue me, rescue me, only love will set me free. 
Rescue Me, Bill O'Brien joining me in the studio today on Talkin' Music, accompanied by Tony Soto on the bass. It seems to me, Bill, that you are an observer of of life and the things happening around you. Have you always been that way? Always. Yeah. Always. Has songwriting changed or informed that at all? Uh, no, I think that it's given me at least a... I've always had ideas, you know, and I've, I've always thought that I've had ideas and thought things might be, hey, this might be a neat song or that might be a neat song. But, um, and even, I've even tried it at times in the past before I played the guitar to try to come up with a way to sing something and come up with some words and sing something. But without the guitar to accompany me, I couldn't do it. Mm. I, I mean, I just, I, musically, I just didn't know enough to know where I was going to go with anything. And so it just took an awful lot of time to just put the put the guitar together and then find out oh that's what music is Mm -hmm. you know that's where things are supposed to fit and then once that happened then uh uh, i was able to put the words to paper and then i was able to kind of just give it its starting point once i had the starting point knew where i could go Mm -hmm. then i was able to build a build a song out of it but it, it definitely gave me an avenue to express and it's really a great avenue to express because I mean there's an emotion you can put into words on a paper with a song that you just can't do by by reading it mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah nicely said you mentioned a little before we went into that song that you started playing just as a practice mostly to get comfortable in playing and you are now playing a show you have a show coming up mm-hmm. at the Paradise Theater on Saturday October mm-hmm. 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m. and the title of that show is Bill O'Brien inspirations, and I want to talk a little bit about your inspirations, if you will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, well, again, like the very beginning, my inspiration was, of course, my upbringing and and uh, the the pleasure I got out of. Uh, to say upbringing wasn't always the most comfortable existence uh, with eight uh, eight siblings and. Uh, uh, without any detail, it just wasn't always the most comfortable. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, interesting things going on in life. But that was one pleasure that was always there, you know, uh, through whatever stresses and through whatever was going on. There was always that. And uh, and I've expressed that to my brother about how that mattered to me at one point. And, uh, and it still does, and it always will. And um, obviously, it's enough for me to do this. And so that was my main... Uh, inspiration. And then uh, over the years, I've just learned how uh, other people's situations have have inspired me to write music. You know, it's hard for me to sit down and just come up with something, you know, but once I have something that I really care about, you know, like this couple here that I wrote that song for, I really care. I mean, I watched that and and there's a whole backstory to that that... um, that 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 I could tell that would take too long, but I, I mean I cared at a depth that it really bothered me, you know. And um, so I, after her husband passed away, it inspired me to write a poem, and I wrote this poem and I gave it to her privately, and uh, and she held on that for two years, and uh, but two years later I asked her if I could add a chorus to it and make it into a song, mm. 
And uh, she said yes, and um, because it was hers, I wanted her to have it. But but she thought it would be an okay thing, so I did. So that song in and of itself is exactly the same poem. All I did was put a chorus in it. Not one word changed. And so it's that inspiration, you know, the guy who was sleeping in a gymnasium, and and uh, there's others that we're not going to play here today. But, you know, they, every song I have has some variety of an inspiration mm-hmm. attached to it. You know, I don't... I haven't written anything to just come up with, you know, some arbitrary thing. I don't write anything about politics. I don't write anything about uh, lost love, you know, or any of that sort of stuff. I just write it about, you know, what inspires me. Mm-hmm. Which is where you differ from the troubadour, because I think the troubadour was all about lost love yeah. <laughs> originally. The original troubadour. Y- y- yeah, yeah. I, I write. I, that, yeah, that's kind of how I write things. Doesn't mean I don't like any of those songs. You know, I write covers, and I mean, I write covers. I sing covers. You know, things about. Uh, I try not to do too much lost love, but I do do love songs. You know, that are about loving somebody more than I do about. Uh, more than I, more so than about lost love, and, th- and then speaking back to inspirations, you know, I've, uh, you know, in, I inspire people, you know, and I, and um, it's at first it's a little, it's it it's a, it takes me back a little bit to think that I could possibly have that effect on another human being, but it, you know, I take it home with me, you know, when I when I have that effect, I mean, I can drive the rest of my day and go, wow, that was special, you know, mm-hmm. and and to think that I can inspire somebody else and give them something to contemplate for the rest of the day and give them some sort of hope. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nicely said. Nicely said. Mm -hmm. Well, we are looking forward to your show again. That's Saturday, October 22nd at the Paradise Theater in Paonia from 7 to 9 p.m. Tickets are available at paradisetheater.com. They are in Simple Ticks, I think is the link that I have. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Simple Ticks. Okay, Mm -hmm. excellent. Mm -hmm. Bill O'Brien, thank you so much for making time to talk to me today, for taking time out of your lunch break. We Mm -hmm. appreciate you. We know you're a busy man. I'm going to have you gentlemen take us out on one last song. You mentioned it's a Johnny Cash song. Tell me more. Well, this is kind of uh, my version of playing uh, Folsom Prison Blues. So uh, hopefully I'm still in tune.
breathing. 